0: Welcome to an all-new season of Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Hey, Jane.
1: Hey, Hyde. This is, first of all, extremely special.
0: It is. Should we tell everybody where we're sitting? I think we should.
1: Okay. Would
0: you like to do the honors? Guys, (laughs) we're at Gotham production studios in Manhattan. Yeah. Where we haven't been since before the pandemic. So when we started this show, well first of all when we first started
1: the show, we we recorded somewhere else for five episodes that <laughs> was literally in a basement next to a subway and we were like I don't this is not the sound quality we were hoping for. It sounds like we're in we're in the subway. Yeah. It was a little too New York. <laughs> it was a little too New York. Um we like to be, you know, raw and real, but that was a little much. So we were like, all right, let's find, let's find ourselves a real place. And we started working with Gotham. It was called Gotham Podcast Studio at that time. Now it's Gotham Production Studio because mm-hmm. they're full they're like full scale production for podcasts. We started working with them and we started recording in studio with them. How many episodes do you think we recorded i mean we shot through
0: the pandemic so no but i mean like in the beginning i know i know i know like yeah like because we start we had dan we had anna we had dan harris we had anna kaiser Kaiser. we had Robbie ludwig Robbie ludwig Robbie ludwig (laughs) and then before we had norma kamali this is like at
1: energy we had norman kamali we had liz plosser we had jara bean we had Oh, my God. That Dr. wellness girl.
0: Roshini Rosh- Raj. Yeah. We had Terry Cole for the first uh, time. Yes. We had uh, like Shanae Alexander. Did oh, you yeah. say her? We had – was Jerebeen there yes. too? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we had
1: so – we did some really amazing shows and then the pandemic happened. And then <laughs> like we were like, what the hell do we do next? We pivoted to virtual. and But Gotham – what you guys might not know at home is that Gotham came essentially with us, meaning they have been our production arm – for the entire three years we've been recording virtually, yeah. but we have not been back in the studio together with Gotham, with each other, in
0: three years. It's kind of mind blowing. The yeah. one show we did in between together was Nashville. Right. Because we were it was the only time we were in the same place. Right. So we've done
1: several off the gram live events. Many of you listening have probably probably been to them. We did two virtual, Ariana mm-hmm. Huffington and Catherine Trochanger Pratt, and then Nashville was one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. agree. And it allowed us to do a live podcast event together and in one place, which felt very special after the pandemic. But yes. this, Heidi, maybe we should just start... Well, I want to start with a couple things. First of all, even just topically, it, um, we are recording this on Valentine's Day. And I think are- it's very apropos <laughs> because, um, I'm wearing an all red sweatsuit, which I didn't even realize until I got in. Someone <laughs> was like, Oh my God, you did it for Valentine's Day. I was like, Is it Valentine's
0: Day? And of course, I'm wearing all black. <laughs> oh, girl, your heart is black. Like, no, it's a very New York chic. Everybody's like, She's so single. No. <laughs> you look fierce. Um,
1: but I, I, I actually even thought it was very important for us for this episode in particular. Speaking of our outfits to like to to dress down and to come in as our real selves, and I, I gotta start there. I'm gonna go back uh, for a minute in time to our first podcast episode. Heidi, we were so nervous we were We all brought it was me and Heidi, Megan Murphy, and Christine Biboher, and those was the the four of us started that show this show, and we brought
0: so many outfits, so many outfits, so many changes of clothes. And do you remember the double-sided tape so that we could have our note cards on the <laughs> off-the-gram cards? We were so nervous that anyone <laughs> was
1: going to see like any little imperfection or like a chink in our armor. Like we had to be these perfect little like show hosts. Meanwhile, today I'm literally wearing literal slippers are my shoes. I yeah. came to New York City in Ugg slippers as my shoes. So hope you're enjoying that, Heidi. My
0: high tops say I love. I-, I have a little bit of Valentine's in them. You Can look you adorable. Them? Like, are they on that side too? You look
1: adorable. <laughs> you look adorable. But I think this is a really good starting point for what today's show is all about because over the last three years we've learned a lot by doing this show and um i think what happened and what i want to kind of set up is we we went through something recently as as a show as co-business owners as a group of friends that was really like it felt actually really necessary yeah
0: it's and cathartic really cathartic almost, right? Like I felt purging cathartic. and like Yes. And I
1: think um people maybe listening can relate. Sometimes when you have some sort of a shift. I'm gonna I'm gonna use all the like quantum, like woo-woo words. A mm-hmm. shift in the space. When you have a fight with your friends,
0: <laughs> when you have a fight with your friends, it can be it sucks. <laughs> it can
1: suck, but then it can also be so powerful.
0: It can because it really – it takes off all the armor and shows what's actually there and gives you the opportunity to build from a much stronger place. A hundred percent. So to set the framework for what happened and I wrote some
1: notes because sometimes like when emotion gets involved, you just want to make sure that you keep your thoughts straight. Yeah. And this is emotional. So let me start with this. This show matters so much to us. This show is our baby. We are so grateful for all of you who have come along for the ride We're so grateful for this experience of having been, you know, a group of women together on a journey. Um, We started the show for various reasons. We're going to talk about some of those today. And as it's evolved, so have we. And so I think it's very natural that like over a course of time, women and co-business owners who are women are going to have different parts of their personalities come out. It can cause friction. People can evolve and change. And, and that's not everybody normal. evolves at the same pace. Not everybody evolves in the same way. yeah, people have different you know spokes of their life that are that are creating the shape of their world. And so we had a situation recently that brought us to a little bit that brought the show to a head. Like we were mm. like, we literally had to sit down and have some very big girl conversations about like, is this working? Yeah, so should we frame up kind of what happened?
0: I think so. So <laughs> thanks, Jim. So for everyone who's been following us for a little bit, they everybody knows that, oh gosh, October of 2021, me, Heidi, I got attacked in the street of New York City in broad daylight by five males. And to say that that shook me to my core is such an understatement. There really are no words to describe the trauma that just going about your day existing and You know, I could have not come home to my children that day. The ER doctors were very clear that if I hadn't been wearing my helmet exactly right on my scooter. Do you want to tell people what happened? um, Sure. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was – so I had gotten to the point because I'm on the subway – or I was on the subway so many times a day. And let me preface this by saying I have taken the subway – many 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 times per day for 20 years so i am not some sort of like public transportation snob okay my job involved going uptown downtown midtown everywhere for my private Your job as a yoga teacher yeah. all day every day and so i was on the subway all the time and after we got back from southampton for the six months we'd stayed there for covid that critical period of it the subway never felt the same i was often alone and then a a very mentally unbalanced human could wander into the car and start, you know, getting in my face and spitting and, you know, threatening bodily harm. And there's only so many cars you can go to and there's not very many people on the subway. And it's terrifying, quite frankly. So I got to the point where I'd seen, you know, a number of really horrific not accidents, none of them were accidents, horrific incidents on the subway where I didn't feel safe on the subway. So I reached out to a couple electric scooter companies because I was like, okay, well, I still have to get all over Manhattan every day. So how can I do this without feeling terror <laughs> every day. And like I would get off the subway and my heart would just be racing 900 miles an hour and like, oh, so that's not really fair to my private clients who are paying an arm and a leg for me to teach them yoga. It's really hard to ground between the subway and like a 2-minute walk to their apartment and it just I didn't feel like I was being my best self for them and that's not fair. Nor was I being the best self for myself or my children or for anyone in my life, co-hosts included. <laughs> but so I got this electric scooter and I was, you know, using my scooter every day and I was minding my own business on my scooter with my helmet. Um it was two forty PM and I only know because I looked at my little watch on my wrist while I was at a at an intersection and I was like, oh great, I don't have to rush. I have because I needed to be like five blocks away in twenty minutes. It was a three o'clock. And it was two forty PM, broad daylight, right where Tribeca meets Soho, and there were five male late teenagers hiding behind a bus stop so I couldn't see them. And all five of them jumped out at once in front of my scooter and me. And I was going, you know, 20 miles an hour. Me being the naive human that somehow I still am after all these years in the city. In my head, I'm like, oh, well, obviously they didn't mean to do that. They just didn't see me. So I swerved really hard to miss them. And all five of them jumped back on top of me. I flew. They tried to steal my scooter. I'm like, you can have the flipping scooter. Like, I just. But you know, the ER docs were very clear that if I hadn't had my helmet on perfectly, I would have died because the head injury. Because my 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 helmet was so scuffed up and battled and like bruised. So, and you know, I put my right hand out to protect myself from the fall, and my wrist bone was up in my middle finger. I had so many patches of skin missing. It was and and I have to say it took forever to stop every time I closed my eyes, I just I was in the air again, flying towards the pavement and it was so traumatic. It just it and there, you know, thankfully like the further you get away, and obviously I've done a lot of work with a lot of therapists to try to get through this, past it, all the things, obviously moving out of the city, you know, worked wonders for my mental state and because I was living in fight or flight the entire time. Um, so, you know, I had to have a massive wrist surgery as always, you know, no one could promise that my wrist was going to heal. Thankfully, I'd worked with this incredible surgeon, Dr. Stephen Yang. He's the head of wrist at NYU before. And he was like, you know, if it was a normal patient, I would say you should never expect to use your wrist again. He's like, but it's you and I know you and I know how hard you work to heal. And so I, you know, I healed. I did everything in my power to heal but the part that takes the longest is the mental. And so that's what happened. And right after – in the immediate aftermath, I feel like I dove right into the podcast Mm -hmm. because I wanted something to take my mind because anytime my mind got close to empty, I was just – all I could feel was flying through the air and then I'd hear all the guys laughing and saying the things they said, which were not nice things, and – It just, it just, it was awful. And I just kept, it just kept happening. So I dove into the podcast. I dove into any bit of work I could do. And I really, you know, committed to it and all the things. And then we got closer and closer to leaving the city. And then we left the city and we moved, you know, at the worst possible time for the Connecticut market. But it had to happen. I was never, I wasn't going to heal. I wasn't going to be okay. I wasn't going to be a person. I was going to be a mom. I was going to be a coworker. I was going to be anything in the city, because I couldn't leave my apartment without feeling sheer terror. And my repeating thought was, if I can't take care of myself, how can I possibly take care of my children? And that wasn't tenable for me. I couldn't live with that. And so, you know, we bought a house at the top of the Connecticut market and had to redo every square millimeter of it. And when we moved... my husband said, I'm <laughs> like, I love you, Alex. You're amazing. But he said, you know, the kids are going to be in school full time, so we don't need a nanny. And I'd always had a full time nanny. And that's how I was able to do the 9,000 jobs I was doing. And so we moved to Connecticut. Our house was under construction. There were contractors there every day that I was <laughs> at the mercy of. I mean, I'm so fortunate to be able to do this. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not no, trying you. to like cry Look, me a river. I'm everyone just, has their I, own. I'm painting the, the setting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I had no childcare for the first time in my life quite frankly and i was like oh i have these three young kids that are in a construction zone and all the camps were sold out so they're not in camp and i was yeah. like how am i supposed to get how am i supposed to work right like that's a great question like you don't sleep you don't so everything this very long story to say that everything really devolved for me in life and i started to check out everywhere Because I was so overwhelmed and I – it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't on purpose. It wasn't like, oh, I'm just not going to do work on the podcast. Oh, I made a conscious choice to do less influencer work because that was something that I didn't feel beholden to others to do, you know, because I was like, okay, I can cut hours there. You know, and then I just started offloading my responsibility for the podcast, quite frankly. And, you know, Jamie and Megan took it on. And in retrospect, I know it wasn't fair that I did that and I am I feel awful about it and I hate that I did it, but I did. And so I think that, you know, when there are three people who are supposed to share a burden and one person checks out, I would imagine it's natural for the other two to feel even not consciously like a little resentful. I don't know. I might. I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel. All I know is I hate that I put you two in the situation that I did, and you know, you being you, you took on everything.
1: Well, and, and I I'll, and I'll take full ownership of my own short. Uh, I don't know if it's a shortcoming. I would say it's a uh, what we call a character defect in twelve step recovery, which is I actually when somebody else isn't able to. I never looked at it like that. By the way, I was never like, oh, Heidi's not pulling her. I never even looked at but it like I that. I
0: wasn't though.
1: Right. But I almost look at those moments as an opportunity like, oh, great. I can take on more things and I can be more bossy because I get bossy and we all know this. So I think part of what this conversation is going to get us to is also – so I think there's like a real interesting opportunity to look into – like a look into a little glass window of somebody's friendship. Like we're we're giving you – we're shining a light in retrospect on a situation that we had in our friendship where – we're also kind of both owning our parts. My part is like, I was kind of like, great. I can make more decisions. I can be more bossy. And I, and that's kind of where I go. Now in my head, it starts as a good thing. I'm like, hustle culture. Yeah, that's good. In your head, you're like, self care, self protection. That's good. But where it all ends up can devolve when people are doing those things in a silo. So like what you're hearing right now is we're each owning our parts. Which is why we're sitting in this room in an utter place of love and understanding. Before this moment, before we had talked about it. Wow, it took a while to get here. Yeah. (laughs) We were each sitting in our own (laughs) silos of that, where I was like, in my self-righteous, like, fine, I'll just do everything. And you're like, well, I have to protect myself, which is fair. And my thing is also fair because it's my personality. And it's like, but if you're not talking about it, that is when everything devolves. When especially... When there's multiple people, women, I'm gonna just call yeah. us all out for that in a in a show, and then this one talks to this one over here, and this one talks to this one over here, which is like natural female behavior. Not that I'm like letting men off the hook, but like women tend to go there.
0: Women care more.
1: Yeah, I, I think feel like dudes men just, would just like, be like whatever.
0: Like, but yeah.
1: that is when it gets toxic, and the only way to detoxify that is to literally like, like shake it all out in the open and like shine a big light on it, and then like cleanse it all off. Yeah. Which is what we've now done. So wh- so Heidi, when did it actually come to a crescendo?
0: Oh, boy. So I obviously mentioned the PTSD. I didn't name it, but I mentioned it in that, you know, every time I let my mind go open, which is so awful as a yogi and a meditator because you've sort of been trained to let your mind clear and that became a weapon. At, you know, it was awful. And um, it made me very vulnerable in ways I never want to feel <laughs> really. Yeah. Uh but so I despite all the therapy and I am in so much therapy still and like total side note one of my therapists asked me to read a book about PTSD and I kid you not this book was the worst thing in the world for me and all it did was give me more things to be scared of because oh, no. every story I was like, Oh my God, that can happen. Oh, no. <gasps> oh my God. Like it was awful. So, but I'm doing the work. I'm, you know, trying to take the good, leave the stuff that doesn't work. I'm, that's what I'm doing right every day. That's all I can do is show up and try my hardest. Yeah. And with an open heart. <laughs> and then we were on a show and obviously like <clears throat> I, it, it just something about that specific guest triggered something. PTSD in me and like something about it it was a whole chain reaction and I'm not going to explain the whole thing but the end result was in my body all of a sudden I didn't feel safe like this person did nothing to make me feel unsafe let me just be perfectly clear it was nothing to do with this person it was something it was something about their behavior or their words whatever that triggered in me mm-hmm. not anyone else just yep. me who had Fair. who was tr- trying to digest this trauma still, That I wasn't safe and I went into full fight or flight and I had, you know, basically like a I had a panic attack in my head essentially like during the show and then the show ended and I just unloaded and I was like, that was the worst show ever. This is awful. This isn't what we set out to do, blah, blah, blah. And of course, look, in retrospect, I can take some breaths, look back and be like, oh my God, Heidi, what the? F is wrong with you. Like that that had nothing to do with that person, our show or anything. It's everything to do with your reaction to something that just triggered you. And it's a trigger you need to calm down because if somebody speaking on a podcast can trigger you like that, like the work is not even close to done. So that, of course, was... By the way, like me violating my own cardinal rule of like never say anything bad about anybody else's guest Yeah, because I'm too polite for that. That's also (laughs) part of your – like part of the issue. Of course. And
1: I think it's been part of the issue all along. And so this is why this show is titled We Owe You All an Apology. And so I think what this opened up for us – and I'm going to look at my notes to make sure I kind of cover all this because this is like – this is really important to us. Yeah. This is real talk. So – Heidi's like explosion with the group <laughs> was this beautiful bomb that needed to go off to shake things up. We have done this show to the best of our ability and uh, t- to, and that's a pretty good ability. Like we've had a really amazing three years. Yeah. But things at the very, in, in the end piece here had become a little sale, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of just going through the motions. We've been doing it three years. Nashville was so amazing. And then we were kind of like, you kind of come down from that. And then we were like, well, what's next? And we just kind of were going on, but we hadn't really rethought our mission. Mm -hmm. And I think what's also really important to mention is that the reason that we called the show off the gram, Mm -hmm. the literal reason was because we were quote unquote influencers on the gram. And we felt that that could be shallow as fuck. Okay. Like sometimes we felt that when you look at people as they were influencers, Especially back at that time, it was even more one-dimensional. We're, it was like girls taking a pretty picture of an acai bowl, and she was like somehow an expert on health. With and you are like, in Green background, yeah. And you're like, oh, <laughs> the girl, matcha. I am so delighted for you that you can take a picture of an acai bowl. But how does that make you an expert on health? And so we literally started the show to to because how much can you really share about in an Instagram caption? And we were like, no, no, no. We need to come back. We need to take a step back and make this in three D, in four D, and put some. Give some edges to these things. Give some dimensionality. Give some anchoring, some substance, some experts, you know?
0: And our idea, the origin, was that there were four of us with four different views. Yes, We were supposed to have differing viewpoints. Totally. We were supposed to be, you know, our own archetype. Like, I was the vegan yogi mama, and JB is like the, like,
1: ballsy New York PR girl. I'm like the, you know, like, and, but I, I, by the way, I can look at that as sometimes, you know, I may, perhaps I can be brash, but I also do wear that like a badge of honor and that's okay. I am a New York PR girl. I do respect hustle culture and it is kind of my North star. You are a green yoga mama. You do work very hard to uphold like a a non-toxic lifestyle and all these things. And you raise your kids like that. You should be proud of that. You know, Megan is this fundamentally unbelievable magazine editor who had been an icon of mine for many, many years as a publicist. That is who she is. She is a thought leader and an executive and an incredible person. And Christine, uh, when we started the show, is this beautiful fashionista that has this beautiful way of looking at the world and that's through who color she is. and rainbows. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. And so for all of us, we started the show being like let's just be our real selves and bring that forward. It's like this cornucopia of humans. But then
0: it becomes got- a business. Yes.
1: And, and like anything You want to make your sponsors happy and your brand partners happy and you want to say exactly the right things and you don't want to offend anybody and you don't want to offend any guests. And all of a sudden, we found ourselves three years down the road and we're like, well, whoever said we should – we all should have the same opinion about every guest. Who said Heidi's wrong for thinking this episode sucks or that that guest, I don't like what she said or what if I think that sometimes? Like, Why
0: do we all have to be like – everything's perfect. And quite frankly, I think that was the trigger for me was that I had all these feelings. I didn't agree with what she was saying, but I felt like I couldn't speak up and I couldn't say what I felt and I couldn't use my voice. And so for me, that feels that feeling of not being able to speak my truth was very reminiscent of how I felt in being attacked because of a lot of the details of the particular attack. And that's what triggered me and how crazy that we set off to be real and authentic to ourselves and each have our own opinion. And then with quite frankly, the success of our podcast with the sponsors and whatnot, it totally went the other direction. And we all had one voice instead of multiple. And yeah. And so I feel like this is
1: why we're now three years in and we had this come to Jesus where we had these conversations. And when I say these conversations, I mean after that happened on that show, we 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 took a couple of days to like cool off and then we got on a call together. Because fundamentally, at the beginning of all of this, we are friends first and foremost. So we get on the phone. We talk for an hour to chat it all through. And we're like, we're actually not done talking. We need to put more time in the calendar. We did that three times. Yeah. Like we just <laughs> kept talking because we had yeah. so much – To talk through, and they were valid points. And I feel like if there's a lesson in this to everybody listening right now, stop waiting to have the conversation with a friend or a family member. Stop being so goddamn polite. You, this is nothing will move you forward like being honest and like actually using your voice and not trying to be so flippin' perfect because what ends up happening if you're trying to be perfect especially when you're making content is your content sucks
0: by and it's the way sort of political right like wishy-washy yes. oh, like there's nothing worse than that don't want to offend anyone <laughs>
1: which is very hard by the way in today's mm. world um i find myself on on instagram doing that all the time like I have some people yelling at me for not taking more political stances, but Mm. I'm like, but if I take a political stance and then I sour people to my account, then I lose the opportunity to help them as a wellness influencer. And it's like, this is the world we live in. We've become very, very fragile. Like, God forbid we say anything that offends anybody. And it's very difficult. And it does start to spill over into the other areas of your life. And I truly think that's what happened here. It's also just like three women, we're polite, blah, blah, blah. Screw that. We're better than that we're better than that. And stronger. Yeah. And stronger. And also as a show, our authenticity is literally all we've got. And so when I tell you guys out there that we are three years into this show and I feel like we just figured it out. Yeah. (laughs) But isn't that an amazing example of a journey? Like we started the show to be authentic and it took us three years to be like, oh my God, we were doing it wrong. Like we were doing, (laughs) like we weren't really being authentic. Like it took us three years to find our voice. Now, if the lesson there is don't stop because sometimes, so like in in AA a lot, they say don't leave before the miracle happens, Mm. which means like it might, sometimes it's hard for the first, yeah, two, three years and then it clicks. Yeah. And then it clicks and you're like, oh my God, I get it. And you have this new epiphany.
0: I feel like that's where we're at. I agree. I totally agree. And I think that You know, yoga is a practice, Mm. right? It's not. It's not. It's not yoga perfect. It's yoga practice. The whole thing is about the journey. It's never about the pose. It's about the journey to get there. And I think that we just hit like another krama of our yoga pose journey. You know, like in our podcast (laughs) journey. I love that. That's how it feels to me. It feels like we, you know, hit a new krama is like just another variation or level. But like we hit, we hit a. I hate to use the word, but like more advanced variation because truth and honesty and coming from your heart and taking an honest look at something is more advanced. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's sort of like in yoga, the most advanced pose you can do is the one that's right for you right now. And if that is Shavasana or child's pose, that's the most advanced pose that you can do. Uh And obviously that's how I look at everything is through the lens of yoga. So I really feel like like we just made a massive breakthrough. Yeah, And we really, you know, we... We just like got rid of the idea of like what we thought it was supposed to look like for the moment and instead stepped into what feels the best and most true and most honest version of this right now. I honestly remember back to the feeling I had in my body that
1: first day that we sat down in that room and we were very excited to be starting a new project But I was so uncomfortable. We were sitting on these uncomfortable, like, (laughs) Uh,
0: like what were those? They were
1: poofs. These poofs. It wasn't even like a chair in the back. Chairs. (laughs) I was in like a weird skirt, which was not meant to be sitting on like a one and a half foot high poof. Like nothing about. I was awkward. I just was like uncomfortable in my body. I had my notes, but I wasn't really sure what I was saying. And then I fast forward to where we are right now, sitting in this room next to my best friend. I put my notes down. I'm in a sweatsuit and literal slippers (laughs) and I've never felt more in my truth. And I think there's something very, very powerful about that. So what one thing that we can all notice if you are an off-the-gram fan is that there's only two of us sitting in this room right now. And then there were two. And then there were two. So let's talk about that journey and then maybe we can explore some questions about what might be next. Yeah. So, all right. Well, after we had our reckoning, I guess I'll start here. Okay. We all had to really question our why. So we had these difficult conversations and we had – and yes, we had this like come to Jesus about our truth and our authenticity. So then the question was like, okay, so was this a really good run, like a really good project, like a fun pet project that we had? Did the
0: arc end? Yeah. Like are we done?
1: Yeah. And what we all had to do before that last call that we had together was question our why and unpack, like, why are we doing this show? Like, why do each of us want to do the show? Because to be honest, we, it, this is not like our biggest, not, this is not our primary job, any of us. No. Like we all have our jobs. We make our money elsewhere. The show is a labor of love. Uh, did, you know, is it a business? Yes. Do we have sponsors? Sure. Is this, you know, the is this was putting food on the table for my family? No, no, it is not. And you know, it is, is the juice worth the squeeze? Like, we put a lot. We, you might not realize what goes into making a podcast, <laughs> but from booking the guests to writing the scripts to doing all the production and the planning and the strategy and the social media.
0: Promotion, the sponsors, the, it's its a lot of work. That, it's a
1: lot of work. Yeah. So we really had to say to each other, what's our why? And I think what we all came up with was different. So-
0: we had, overlap, we had some overlap. We had some overlap. So mm-hmm. why, why don't you tell me your why? Well, so, and you asked me this question. I think it was our first call and the thing, and I had never thought about it before, quite frankly. I mean, I had like sort of, but not like I hadn't done like a deep dive, right? And the thing that came first, which is I truly believe the thing that comes first is the real answer. (laughs) Whether Mm. or not you squash it is up to you. But I said it and I said, you know, I love, first of all, I love helping people. That's why I'm in yoga. And that's why it was so important to me to find these incredible experts that can help people. And I found through this process that I, it lights me up so much to interview these experts. I love getting new knowledge and sharing that knowledge mm-hmm. with people who might not have access to it. Cause I know you like a lot of different kinds of podcasts, but the only kinds of podcasts that I listen to yep. are helpful ones. Yep. And whether that's help in business or, you know, autoimmune conditions or health or whatever, it's always, it's educational for me every time I listen to a podcast. And that's why I listen to them. So I always wanted to share. Experts on our podcast that I couldn't find elsewhere or that I felt like needed more airtime. Yep. And I loved interviewing people and learning and sharing that knowledge. So that was my why. Yeah is. <laughs> yeah. And quite
1: similarly, I love the opportunity and and the push to get myself in front of these experts every week because if it weren't for having a show, I mean, yeah, as an influencer, as a like media personality, like there's occasion for us to Take audience, excuse me, take audience with experts or just have different opportunities. But to have the actual structure and cadence, we put out a weekly show every week for the last three years where we sit down with experts, icons, legends, doctors, you know, celebrities, all these different people and hear their POV. I cherish that opportunity. to to sit down with experts, and I carry that information over into everything else I do from my coaching program to the stuff that I do on social media to the interviews I do on television. I use nuggets that I learned on our own show so incredibly often, and that's not something that I wanted to give up. I was like, I really love that. So Megan, in all fairness, when we kind of chatted through that as being fundamentally our, our why, Megan was like, guys, I totally hear that. I'm a magazine editor. I literally do that as my job every single day. I sit down with experts and I interview them every single day. So for Megan, that part of her why, if it's not lighting up her soul at this moment, that's fair. Megan decided – also, Megan has just recently been through – so much. A life changing event, which is that she had a double mastectomy, which she's been very public about. And I think anytime you go through, like Heidi, what you went through or what Megan just went through, you reevaluate. What do I want to do with my hours in the day? I want to spend the time with my family. Megan is gearing up to write another book. And so all of us said, like, we have to look at each other and say, with absolutely no ill will, if anybody wants to back out, We're gearing up to the next season. If anybody wants to shift the stage, now's the time. And Megan decided to tap out. And Heidi, what did you and I decide to do? Or did we? Did we? Did we make a decision? Or do you have to wait until next week to hear the results of that
0: decision? I think that everybody's going to have to wait. Good things come to those who wait. That is correct. So with all – love and respect we say to you,
1: we are going to put off announcing what is next for Off the Gram until we get to next week's show. We appreciate all of you following along on this journey because it's a journey that's so close to our heart. When I call this like our pet project, what I really mean is it's like my my third child. It's like your fourth child. I mean, the show is a part of my identity. And you all who listen to it are a part of that as well, the part of the fabric of that. So if we're going to leave with a karma call today, perhaps we don't have to sing it. Not today. Maybe we could just sing <laughs> it. Um, but the piece I was going to leave people with uh, is is I did mention it earlier. Don't save the hard conversation until tomorrow and then tomorrow and then tomorrow. Stop putting it off. If there's one conversation you've been meaning to have with a friend or a family member, pick up the phone and do it today. Send the text right now. Say, hey, do you got you got 30 minutes for me? later today and make make it on the calendar for you both because i'm telling you right now sitting in the fear of doing something is always so much worse than just walking through it sitting in a resentment with a loved one is so much worse than just hashing it out so be brave
0: i love it and the nugget the little karma call i have for everyone is to really take inventory of the people and the the things that take up time in your life mm. Because when we were having these conversations, it was super important to recognize what really matters versus what I, you know, I was maybe holding on to just because I did. Mm. Right. So if there are people in your life who really matter to you, you need to give them your time, focus, attention and love because those people are your village and those people are your heart and those people are you. So if there are people in your life that matter, let them know with words and with your time. And if there are tasks in your life, whether they are jobs or hobbies or whatever that matter, give them your focus and quite frankly, get rid of the rest. Mm. Because it's stealing your t- the time, focus, attention, and love from the people and things that matter. Trim the fat. Mm-hmm. Stop scrolling the Instagram. Yeah. Sorry, even though we're influencers. Come on. Come on, <laughs> take
1: time for the things that matter today. Really prioritize the things that matter. Value them, cherish them. Because when they when you have the opportunity to lose them, you realize how much you love them in the first place. Absolutely. So we'll leave everybody with that. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the show anywhere podcasts can be consumed so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to follow us on the gram and off the gram podcast. We'll see you next time.